Welcome back to the Lit House Podcast, Season 2. Yay! (laughs) I am so excited to be back, you guys. Um, We had a phenomenal Season 1. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun just reading the books um, as always and then being able to come onto this platform and talk about the books and discuss them and have people listening in to the podcast and giving me feedback on how they felt about the podcast and the books that we were reading and that was just so very exciting to me. It was liberating to be able to have a space where I not only could share my love for literature, but I could have conversations about the depth of these books. And somebody got it. Somebody loved it. Somebody enjoyed it just as much as I did. And you guys know what? We're back at it. Season two. Oh my God. We're back at it again. Season two. And we're back at it again. Hey. (laughs) don't mind me I'm just being silly that's what I do but nevertheless let's get it popping it is me your podcast host book bay the literary queen ta and I am here to do what we did last season even better even deeper and that's talk about books welcome to the lit house podcast glad you're tuning in Hey, you guys, and we are back. Thank you so much again for just being here for season two. And we're going to get right into it. So today we are going to discuss Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. How to Win at Dating, Marriage, and Sex. Um, So I read this book and I also purchased the study guide for this book. This isn't a book that was really on my radar But Instagram has this whole amazing community of, um, you know, bookstagrammers. So it's all these people that are constantly reading and constantly posting what they read. And I saw like a couple of people in a matter of two hours post this book. And I was like, you know what? Let me see what this book is about. Because, you know, I've listened to a couple of Michael Todd's sermons. And I know that he's one of those um, young, you know, mega pastors who is up and coming. He's stationed in Tulsa, Oklahoma at a Transformation Church. And, you know, I've heard about him. I've come across his sermons on YouTube. I have a um, co-worker that absolutely adores him and thinks that everything that he does is amazing so I was like you know let me check out his book because it's one thing to listen to somebody's sermons but when you can actually um read their writing it's very helpful to kind of understand you know what they're going through and they can take a book and really get through their points and so I wanted to do that so I saw um Michael Todd's book uh relationship goals And I have not 
read a dating relationship guide book in a minute. Like it has definitely been a minute. The last time that I read a book about being single um, and kind of searching for a relationship was when I read God and the Single Girl. And that is by my homegirl, Nyambi Lee Kong. And um, you guys can go on Amazon and put in God and the Single Girl and you can um, purchase that book. But I read that book years ago and it was a a great book it was a great eye opener it was what I needed at that time to understand my relationship but as um being a single woman and having a relationship with God and how to maintain boundaries and honor that and kind of what I had been through in the past and why I was where I was and so many other things so um What I didn't want to do is I did not want to read a book that was basically saying this is how you get a man. Because a lot of times I feel like we always focus on um, women being married and we make women feel like being married, married is a reward. Like we make women feel like you know, that if they are not married by a certain time or if they don't get a ring from a man, if they don't get engaged then you know, like they've done something wrong, like they're not worthy. And, um, you know, I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that we do that to women or that we do that to people that we make them feel like if they, if they don't have a relationship, then they're not a good person. People are amazing. There are some amazing, beautiful individuals out here, men and women who have not yet, um, have a relationship or who are not, um, a companion of someone else's just because maybe that's not what they are supposed to do. Maybe there is more work for them to do. Uh, Enough of times we don't talk about in the Bible, how there are some people in the Bible that did not get married. Like there are some people in the Bible that did not have children. So we can't act like that's everybody's story. And we also can't make it seem like if you don't reach that goal, then you are, um, you're not perfect or you, you're not worthy because that's not it. You know, maybe there's a different calling on your life. Maybe there is something else that you're supposed to do. And, you know, companionship it is amazing. And, you know, if I um, get the chance to um, ever experience marriage, you know, I would be very, you know, excited to embrace that opportunity and to live it uh, to the fullest. But I also will be very excited for any opportunities that come my way and to be able to embrace them and live in that opportunity to the fullest. So, Um, Before we hop into the book Relationship Goals, I just want to remind people that, you know, we all have a different purpose and um, companionship is about compatibility. Companionship um, looks different for so many people. Companionship is relationship and companionship is getting married, but we have other ships out there. You know, we have relationships we have friendships, you know, we have internships, we have apprenticeships. <laughs> so, you know, let's um, make sure that whatever season that we are currently in, we're not spending time in that season worrying about what's to come. The real focus and the real goal should be being the very best version of yourself and how that looks. And if you're the very best version of yourself and how that looks and you are aligned with your 
faith foundation, then, you know, what is meant to be for you, it will be for you. So, you know, we can say, I know a lot of people are talking about manifestation and things that they want in their life and all these different things. But the the real, the real gag is just work on being the very best version of you and being in alignment with your faith foundation now for me personally and also for michael todd you know we are both christians so you know we are our faith foundation is christianity it is god we do believe that um what we believe but i will say that to you lean on your faith foundation and in that faith foundation you know pray and 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 become and implement and apply uh yourself to be the very, very best version of yourself. All right, let's get into this book. All right, so we are back and we are talking about Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. So, I am going to just read a couple of things um, to you so that you can kind of get an understanding of what this book is about. So it says, Realer than the most real conversation you ever heard on the topic, Michael Todd's honest, heartfelt, and powerful teaching on relationships has already impacted millions of people in all seasons of life around the world. Now, relationship goals, Michael tells his own story of heartache and healing, unpacks explosive truths from God's word, and tells it to you straight to help you win at relationships in every part of your life. So that is true. He does do that in this book. He does share some very hard moments that he had and some things that he went through. And so another thing he says is you scroll through photo after photo of happy couples and think, I want a relationship like that. The thing is, those intimate relationships are a mirage. The closer you get to them, the more you realize that they aren't at real at all. So what does a real relationship look like and how do you get there? I thought these were very important questions for him to ask because, you know, I'm going to be very transparent today just about some things that I've been through when it comes to relationships and some questions that this made me ask myself. And I was like, you know what? It it, it is true because even though right now I am in what I consider to be a very healthy, healthy relationship, what you have to remember is when you get into a relationship, in order for that relationship to be on the right track, you have to consistently honor yourself. You have to honor yourself. You have to honor your boundaries. You have to honor your God. So you have to make sure that you are setting your boundaries. Like, and there is nothing wrong with having boundaries because those boundaries are to honor you. They're not to honor that person. And until that person shows you that they are worthy of being honored because they are honoring your boundaries as well, then there's no reason for you to try to compromise or to change anything you know, about yourself suddenly because you want to have a chance at a relationship with someone. So a lot of times, you know, people just want to come right in and they want to change us right away and they want to be very critical of who we are and how we are, but they don't take the time to actually get to know us. And honestly, 
you know, when it comes to honoring yourself and honoring your boundaries, if you meet someone and you get intimate with them right away, then you haven't taken the time to understand them. You don't know them well enough. Like you are just working off of your physical desires and you're forgetting about your mental desires, your spiritual desires, your emotional desires. And that's how you stop honoring yourself so quickly in relationships. And that's how we get into a lot of these different situations that we get into in relationships. Relationships. So um, when I started reading Michael Todd's book, like I said, it had been a hot minute since I had read anything about relationships, but I thought, why not? So many people were posting it on my bookstagram. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was well aware of um, what my boundaries still were. Um, was I still honoring myself or was I in a place where I felt like, hey, I need to kind of do a check in and a check up to make sure that I am still hitting my own relationship goals? Because your relationship goals, they have to be your own. They can't emulate anything else that you see. And that's one of the points he makes in the book. Very first chapter, he talks about how there's more to relationship than what pop culture has taught us. Our own imaginings have uh, dreamed up like these crazy things. So, um, you know, we talk about what we see in relationships and, you know, he talks about our generation. He said, why our generation is so clueless. So he says, let me rewind really quickly through some of the photos of my life so you can get to know me, you know? And so he talks about, um, his family and where he grew up. He grew up in Tulsa, um, Oklahoma, and he talks about, you know, his mom and his dad and how they are, um, you know, how they were really into the church and kind of like how he was uh, brought up and kind of, you know, just like the different expectations that they set on him. And even though he grew up with these boundaries and these expectations, how, you know, as a kid, like the world gets to you, like you see all of these different things and the world gets to you. And when the world gets to you, you want to start experiencing the world. You you're like, man, all of these rules, all of this stuff that people are putting in place for me. Like, I don't want to follow these rules. I don't want to do all of that stuff because I feel like I know everything, even though I haven't experienced anything, but it seems like it's all as simple as one plus one equals two. But when we start getting ourselves involved at in these things that we do not yet have the capacity to conceptualize you know we get feelings and we get consequences and all these different things happening to us and then we have to hop up to a level that we were not even ready for that we don't have the education for or the knowledge for or and you know fly by the seat of our pants because we just moved too early and it's like we want to protect our children and ourselves from these consequences. So that's why we have to be disciplined and obedient enough to set boundaries and put them in place. And that's what he talks about. He talks about that in the book. He was like, you know, it's time we started applying to relationships as they really exist. Like we, we have to start treating stuff the way that it is because it is what it absolutely is. And we have to stop trying to sugarcoat things. We have to stop trying to romanticize things. And we have to set a boundary before we cross the boundary. Like I remember, I was talking to one of my friends. He was abstinent for a very long time. And, you know, he knew that he wanted to get married. 
and he knew that he wanted to pursue relationship but he also knew that as long as he continued to have sex outside of marriage that he would be lessening his chances of having a successful relationship that would lead him to be married so he decided to become abstinent because he was like if I do this and I take away this desire you know and I I take this away from myself and I realize that that is something that I need to save for this particular moment that I I would be a better person because I could work on fine-tuning you know the other parts of myself and and that's really what this book about this book is about you know aligning with your faith and fine-tuning the other parts of yourself before you take it there you know in a physical way because if you fine-tune yourself you will really be able to heal the parts of you that are problematic when you get into relationship. And that's any type of relationship. If you fine tune yourself and you align with God, you are going to be able to fix the parts of you that are problematic when it comes to your relationship with God. If you fine tune yourself and you have these conversations and you focus on being the best version of you, you'll be able to fix the things that are problematic in your friendships, fix the things that are problematic in your workplace, fix the things that are problematic with your family members. It's like, you know, but it's all about you fine tuning yourself. And sometimes fixing those things that are problematic means pulling yourself away from your, those things, pulling yourself out of those groups and, you know, not surrounding yourself with those type of people. And so he said, we have more relationships and less love. We have more sex and less intimacy. And he is so correct. We live in a world that has more and more relationships and less and less love, more and more sex and less and less intimacy. When I think about the pain I've experienced and have seen others experience from bad relationships, I can't wait to share with you what the Bible says about how to do relationships so that you can minimize the pain and start to benefit from the rewards. To do that, you got to have a goal. And he says, in relationships, we don't really know where we're going or why. And that's why we have to have a goal. That's why you have to set a goal for yourself. And you have to honor the steps that it takes to reach those goals. One of the things that he talks about as well is rip up your list. I was very excited that he said this because that was a step that I had to take in order to start being in, you know, um, a successful space in order to be able to be a companion to someone else. So he says, so maybe you're the kind of person who somehow has never gotten around to making conscious relationship goals and has just fallen into the relationship ruts. But more than likely, you got some kind of goals, targets, or markers of success in mind when it comes to relationships. That's better. Still, even if you do have targets, I want you to be open-minded about whether these are the right targets. You might need to re-examine them because see, it's possible to have a target for your arrow that's the wrong target. Let's say you're single and ready to mingle and you've made a list of things you want in a significant other. One could be he's got to be at least this tall and make this much money 
or she's got to have the cute face and a tiny waist. This shows that most of our lists tend to be a little superficial and might reflect not what we actually need in a partner, but more of just what we want at the time. I assure you, life has a way of changing, modifying, and redefining what success in relationship looks like for all of us. When I'm going on a road trip, I usually tell my phone where I want to go, and it gives me directions on how to get there. But success for the journey happens only if I've given my phone the right destination. And so what he is saying is you can say that you want somebody that looks nice, somebody that you are attracted to, but you can't get so specific in those details. Because when you when you get so specific in those details and you visually limit what you're looking for, you're going to miss out on a lot of great opportunities of conversations of experiences because you are xing somebody out right away we're not saying that the person that is your soulmate is going to be 4 8 and you're 5 10 what we're saying is do not dismiss you know people that you encounter because they don't present a certain way and that that goes for all you know just walks of life and um you know he also says god will help us find the right target for our relational arrows and, and he's right you know he he's definitely right like more than anything, I wanted somebody that was going to take care of my heart. And, and and to have somebody take care of my heart, it meant to be with someone that was going to listen and understand what was important to me as I would do the same to them and that they was just, you know, honor that. Like, good relationships are all about honor. Like, if you look up the word honor, you will have just... A different perspective of what it means and if you hold that word dear to your heart there are some words that I just hold really dear to my heart they because they, they mean so much to me the word you know mastering the word honor the word excellence um, the word compassion you know the word serving just the, those are words that I keep really close to my heart because they are the definition and the epitome of what I strive to be in so many different things. And so um, another thing that Michael Todd says that I just absolutely adore in this book, he says, you know, if you quiet the cries of culture, you might hear the Holy Spirit whispering. Again, I know everybody is not a Christian. I will tell you, I'm not here to convert you. I am not a religious leader. But what I will say is, you know, um, subscribing to a limitless source who I can lay all of my burdens on, who who is not human, who who is not flesh, so he won't get tired, you know, of me complaining. He won't get tired of me constantly praying. He won't get tired of me leaning on him. Has been such a very much um relief. It, it has been a relief. Um, it gives me hope. It, it makes me feel as though um, not only am I not in this alone, but no matter how companionship or relationship turns out for me, I, I'll be okay. I, I think a lot of times, you know, we get with someone and we lean on them so much that we forget that, um, 
you know, that, that God is still the creator, is still the author. He could write better than we ever could. And we, we take away our power from him and we try to give that power to ourselves, and we try to make our own plans and cast our own visions, but life happens. So, you know, you can only work around life. <laughs> so you can just have the best intentions for yourself and you can, you know, move in excellence as much as possible, but life happens. So we have to be prepared for when life happens. And when we only plan for ourselves and we only depend on ourselves, when those plans are wrecked, we, um, you know, you, you, you have a source to be like, Hey, you know, like my plans are rigged, but like, this is what I'm still going to pledge to myself. And I, and I'm going to get through this and I'm leaning on you, God. But, um, another thing that he says is progression is not perfection. And he was like, I told you earlier that my relationship with Natalie, my wife is not perfect, but it is progressing. Progression is not perfection. That's a phrase uh, we throw around a lot at um, his church. And he said, I believe it's appropriate for you too. As you look at forming new relationship goals, there's pressure here, but the pressure to get started, it's not the pressure to get everything right all at once. You can win at relationships. I don't care what your Christian walks looks like, or even if you aren't sure you really believe. If you're sprinting, jogging, or barely stumbling ahead, keep moving forward. I believe God will get you to the place you're supposed to be. He'll do it because he loves you and because whatever else might be going on in your relational life. He is faithful in his relationships with you. I can believe, I believe you can win at relationships. Now you believe it. And so... He says, you know, when we put God first, he'll bless the rest. So many people are so worried about so many different relationships. But I always tell them, focus on your faith relationship first. Put that first. Um, He says, if we don't have a constant source in God, we will always be deficient. Once again, that goes back to what I was telling you guys about having a a limitless source to lean on when you're going through things. Um, He says, no one is exempt from needing a relationship with God. Like Everybody needs it. You need a relationship with some kind of faith source um, because it's hope. It's hope. And so he says, when we set up a life that is guarded and gated, the enemy comes to attack us. Um, Like I said, life happens. Life happens. Things happen. You know, you have to make sure that you are ready. Like you have to stay ready so you do not have to get ready. Uh, My sister says that all the time. And she's true. She's a... She is like a survivalist. She is always ready. She's always overpacked. But it's it's funny because the things that she packed, they always come in need in some type of form. And so, um, you know, you have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. A close relationship is going to have a huge impact on how well you fulfill your purpose. You are who you hang with. You know, so you have to make sure that you are around purposeful people, people who have goals, people who are constantly striving and disciplined and people who can hold you accountable as accountable as you hold them. Okay. And so he says, hope for the future. And I want to read this to you guys because I I think it's so important. He says, maybe you've been dating 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 but it's never gotten to the point where somebody took a knee and said would you marry me maybe you made a mistake or somebody took advantage of you and there's a baby but no relationship or you went through the whole romantic process and it seems like you were living the dream but instead of happily ever after the process was cut off with another stage you didn't see coming divorce I feel you. The world's not perfect like it was in the Garden of Eden, but I know this. God can heal. God can redeem. God can put us back on track and bring good things out of a bad situation. 
Don't lose your faith in the possibility of loving, supportive, productive relationship. And don't forget that God still loves you, has things for you to do, and has a blessing with your name on it. I think that was very important to read because, like I said, companionship is not the only thing um, that we should be hoping for. Um, we should hope that whatever we get to experience, whatever opportunities that we have, that, you know, we just, you know, enjoy that, that time, but we have to be real with who we are and we have to be the best version of ourselves because being the best version of yourself, at least, you know, that you, you were tight work in whatever situation you were in. Um, if you have a relationship with God, he will reveal things to you. So true. We talk about that. I talk about, you know, constantly, you know, just cultivating our relationship with, with the Lord so that he can reveal to us, cultivating our relationship with our faith so that he can reveal to us. And I feel like a lot of people are out here making peace with their demons instead of casting them out. And when you do that, when you make peace with your imperfections, And I'm not talking about anything that is physical. I'm talking about mental imperfections. I'm talking about emotional imperfections. I'm talking about spiritual imperfections. I'm talking about the things that cause conflict with you. When you make peace with those things instead of fix them, then you are signing up for a life of turmoil. Like you're signing up to go through hell because you think that it is perfectly okay with whatever that you do okay you just think it's you think it's perfectly okay so and it's not and I'm here to tell you that it's not because I've been through it and I've done it and when I made peace with the things that I be doing to when I, you know when I made peace with things that I used to do to people you know I, I operated in a realm of lack for a very long time and you you don't want to do that you don't want to operate in a realm of lack I'm telling you it sucks you want to live an abundant life so anyway, he says, embrace the season you're in. Thank God for it and make the most of it. I, I told y'all that too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of things that he's saying in this book, they're not new things. You know, we in 2020, people have said a lot since the beginning of this day. But what I, I'm saying to you is it's simple things that we don't implement because we're just so, we're not disciplined. I find myself all the time not being disciplined and I hate it. I always say, you know, that I want to be obedient. I want to be better. And so, like I said, um, this book was, it was really a good book to just kind of check myself on a lot of things to go back and say, Hey, you know, you haven't pruned yourself in a while. Like, come on, like, let's, let's, let's prune you. Let's, let's go through. Okay. And it says singleness may be the most important part of the relationship process. I I tell you it, it is. It is. Enjoy your season of singleness. I enjoyed my season of singleness. I I am not married. I'm not engaged. I am in a monogamous relationship. Um, And whatever God's will is, it will be done in this relationship because I rely on him for that guidance. But what I will say to you is I remember another pastor said to me one time, he was like, once you get married, like, you are married and you are in a season of married. He was like, so while you are single, enjoy sleeping in your bed alone and not have to um, 
you know, check in with somebody, call them, see what they got going on. He was like, not saying that anything is wrong with that. You know, he said, cause I adore being married. He was like, but there are days when I remember, like, I just remember that carefreeness and being single, like how you remember before you have kids, like how you remember childhood. It's just a nostalgia that comes over you sometimes. Cause you're like, oh, I remember that. And you want to encourage other people to enjoy that time because it was fun. Um, He said, hating things about ourselves cripples our ability to love others. Insecurities, you know? So if you don't like that you gain weight, start walking every day, start drinking water, back off the curb, the carbs, eat some salad. Like, you know, if there's things that you don't like about yourself, research and figure out how to fix those items. He says, the only way to be sure what you're looking for is to find yourself. Exactly. That's why this single needs to be a a construction time for you okay okay all right like i just want you guys to understand that and so and he talks about like so you want to be married because so many people do but marriage is not a hideout from singleness but a haven for building wholeness so you're already a whole person once you get married anyway but you know then you become a whole family so it's working on your wholeness in that opportunity um so he, he just said a lot of things. Like I said, I thought it was um, very uh, good. And he talks about aimlessness in dating, which I thought that was very important too, because I see so many people saying, you know, oh, I'm going to let him take me out to eat. That's just the guy that I go out to dinner with. Or, oh, that's just the guy that, you know, we go out of town with each other. Or, you know, but the thing is, when you open your heart to the wrong person and you let him, you, you, you let him discourage your dream. So like, if you envision yourself being married, if, if you want to be in relationship, but you're taking up your time with these people, you can just go out to dinner with, or these people who can just come through and you allow them to, you know, have your body without connection. But because your flesh desire is overriding your mental at that time, you allow that connection to happen because it's so satisfying to you for that moment. You push away that vision that you have casted for yourself for family if that's what you want because if you taking up time with this person when you do meet someone that you want to be with then you have to go through this severing you know you have to go through this severing process of getting that person away from you and it's more in the severing process than just stop talking on the phone to somebody to stop text messaging somebody you really need to have some time alone like you can't just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship like i know um you really need to just spend some time alone like you need to spend some time alone you need to spend some time you know just kind of focusing in on yourself and seeing and making sure that your goals in other areas are also, you know, being met. So, um, dating aimlessly is, you know, it's, it's a habitual issue. I am talking to a lot of black women now, even black women in my family, like black women who are my friends, a lot of just different women that I work with that are experiencing chronic singleness, you know, and so it's like you you have to date for the right reason, not because you just want to be with somebody, but because 
you understand what relationship really is and you're ready to honor that. So don't be in a hurry to commit your mind, body, or heart to another person. You know, you got to make sure they deserve that because everybody is a prize, boo-boo. Men, you are a prize. Women, you are a prize. So you, you need to make sure that whoever you're giving, um, you know, those prizes to, that they are deserving of them, that they they deserve that reward. And he says, if he's not mateable, he's not dateable. If you know you can't see yourself with that person, don't go out to eat with them. Like, don't even waste your time. Like, don't even create another connection for you to have to sever. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. So recreational dating doesn't deliver what it promises. Exactly. You're just sitting here and you're just, like I said, you're creating connections that you know that you're going to have to sever. But because you're bored or because it's um the Super Bowl or because it's cuffing season, you know, you're just trying to put yourself somewhere where you feel like it would be best. And it says when it comes to your relationships, God will give you the desire and the power to do it right. He will. If you if you don't feel like doing it right, then maybe that's not the person for you. And then he says this other thing when he says, put a ring on it or call it quits. How much time are you going to waste with someone before you decide that you're no longer going to be here? You know, it doesn't take a long time. People say don't put a time cap on anything. I'm not saying that you have to put a time cap on things, but we all know the progression of relationship. People get into relationships with people who are dating aimlessly and they have sex like that. People get in relationships with people and they introduce them to their family like that. So it it doesn't take a long time for you to decide really what it is that you want to do. But what it is, is it takes a minute for people to realize and accept what it really is. So, you know, we just have to see it for what it is and we have to be more accepting of that a lot quicker. Like, we just can't be like, oh, you know, well, maybe. No, it doesn't take all of that because there's different circumstances. There are people who are in long-distance relationships, so they may spend, like, the first, you know, six months dating in a relationship with each other somebody may be in school or somebody may you know have to graduate and go somewhere else and do something so that person goes somewhere and they're doing that and then they continue their long distance relationship then it's like after a while you can't continue to be long distance because if you really want to be with this person then you guys have to make a move to where you do something so this this isn't what y'all got going on okay So somebody has to make a move to where you do something where this isn't, this is no longer what you got going on. And so it's like, it's accepting what you have and what it is so that you can do what needs to be done. I am telling you, I didn't come on this podcast to preach today. I really just wanted to talk about this book, Relationship Goals. But like I said, as I was reading this book, he was just kind of reminding me of a lot of things that I had put in place for myself. And I just was remembering why I put those things in place for myself because I don't have time and you don't have time. And we have time, but we don't have time, which means that we have time, but we don't have time to waste our time because you only get that time that one time. If you follow me on that, you know, 
Like I said, I ain't no philosopher. I ain't no religious leader. I'm just a girl who just, you know, just be talking on this app here because it's my podcast. But, um, you know, I felt him when he said that. He says some relationships may be more liabilities than assets. That's why we have to be careful what we do and how far we go with people. Because, you know, if this this relationship isn't full of assets and we have more liabilities, then it's like, what am I, what am I here for? Do the pros outweigh the cons? Is this going to be progressive? You are not every, everybody is not your calling. You are not to be connected with everybody to help them through everything that they have going on. That's why I said, first you honor God, then you honor yourself. And when you honor yourself, you're not going to let other people dishonor you. You're just not. You're going to be like, yeah, that's not for me. There are some people that I was in a relationship with. There are some people that I love. There are some people that I was like, oh my God, you know, this person is the one. Oh my God, I really love this relationship. But they did not honor me. Like they dishonored me. Like those same people today, honey, they wouldn't even get my phone number. Like if we was in a room, my phone number ain't changed a year, so they got it. But I mean, dang, y'all know what I mean? <laughs> Trust is rewarded. What you place your faith in is more important than how much faith you have. So if losing the security or fam- familiar familiarity, I always mess that word up, familiarity of a relationship, even though you know it hasn't been good for you, makes you nervous, trust God to lead you through the time of breakup and take care of you on the other side. He is faithful. Check out these verses that have comforted believers for thousands of years. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Isaiah 26, 3. Isaiah 41, 10. John 14, 1. Romans 8, 27 through 28. Y'all better believe in it. Y'all better get into it. Y'all better get into it, okay? Because I'm telling you, you can't jumpstart God's timing. Okay, because believe it or not, you can believe in what you want to believe in. But when you look at these oceans and these mountains and these trees and these volcanoes and these, you know, all of these things that you can't describe, all of these things that you know you can never have created, um, you better know there's a God. I don't know how people can't believe in it. The ocean alone, I'd be like, oh, yeah, somebody made that. Um, you also have to take a consideration with your faith foundation. Is this relationship pushing you towards your faith or is it pushing you away from it? I remember being in a relationship with this guy and really liking him, really digging him, really thinking that he was like this cool dude, y'all. But he didn't have a faith foundation. He didn't believe in anything. So there would be times where he would be angry. He would be upset. Like he would be going through. And, you know, he was like, I'm just not happy. And I just don't understand why I'm not happy. He was like, I just, you know, I don't know what to do. Like I have a good job. You know, I'm educated. I have degrees. I have everything that I need. And he would just tell me about how even though he had everything that he needed, he wasn't happy like he did not have the feeling of happiness but he also didn't have any other real feelings like he just he saw everything from he had a perspective but he didn't have like that genuine feeling of happiness or joy and I told him I was like I mean I mean maybe you don't have any happiness because you don't believe in anything So the thing is, when you don't believe in anything, you know, then your body is not connected to those things that 
bring that organic joy. You know, like you see your daughter laughing and dancing and it makes you laugh and it makes you smile and it makes your heart beat, but it it doesn't sustain you. It doesn't give you a sustainable happiness, like a sustainable joy. And I was like, it's because you don't have the faith. Like faith instills hope. It instills a it activates a spirit within within you. And it's like you do all these other things to activate these other spirits. Like you drink and you activate these spirits that come when you are under the control of a substance and you're in an altered mind state. But the same way that we have these chemical things that can put you in an altered mind state is the same way that prayer can. Um, You know, spirits are both on the dark side and the light side. So I don't see how people can believe in all these evil spirits and believe that they are at work and all of these demonic energies, but they can't do the same for God. Like you don't believe in God, but you believe in ghosts? Weird to me. But anywho, I'm not here to convince anybody or to convert anybody. I'm just here to talk about this book. So anyway, like um, one of the other things that I really enjoyed about this book is he talks about breaking up. Um, and he talks about how we look at breaking up and we like, oh my goodness, like breaking up is so hard. Breaking up drains me. Breaking up exhausts me. Well, anytime that you have to sever something, it is going to hurt. Like the, just the, severing itself means to cut something off that is connected to something else. So somebody connected to you, you having to cut them off, it is going to hurt. You are going to experience muscle memory. Muscle memory is they say like you're going to ex- experience like these phantom emotions. Like they were saying that how women who are uh were pregnant like you know sometimes you touch your stomach even though you're not pregnant is because you have these phantom kicks like you feel like a baby kicking and uh, uh you're not pregnant at that time but the body just has these memories like it's just like when you think of something that happened and you cry like your body has these memories and these connections to these memories that just activates certain feelings inside of you and that's what I'm saying to that guy about happiness so the thing is whenever you sever something because you've been connected to that in whatever way that you have it's going to cost you some emotion it's going to cost you some feelings but what you have to do is you have to realize that breaking up really ain't the hardest thing to do that's what Michael Todd said he said I know you might think it's easy for me to say you should end a relationship I don't know what the relationship means to you I don't know what you and the other person have had together. You may be emotionally dependent or physically involved with the other person and feel like you can't give that up. You may be worried about whether anybody else is going to come along if you drop the one you're with. You certainly didn't start with the relationship goal of having it come to a painful end and it feels like failure. Well, let me go. All pastors on you right now and reassure you, if the Lord wants you out of a relationship, he'll help you get through it. And there's something even bigger than that. He'll bless you and bless the other person. Let me tell y'all, again, here comes that transparent window that I got going on here today. Let me tell y'all something, okay? When 
when you commit to being a better person and you start pruning yourself and by pruning I mean like just severing things um fixing your imperfections recognizing what places of of you are dark and need to be illuminated um when you start doing that stuff whoo let me tell you people will start exiting and people will start entering it, it will be an exchange you know like people you have no business with they went they're, they're not going to be able to be in your presence or around you because you're such a light it's going to be hard for them because lights outshine dark spots light always wins light always lights it up you know when you are a light the imperfections of others can be seen and they don't like that it's conviction sometimes you can convict people without even directly convicting them has somebody ever said something to you that shouldn't have made you that upset but because it was a truth in it you were sick let me tell you i got so many stories you guys Uh, so many so many but like he said it ain't hard it it ain't hard to do it is not hard to do okay read about uh sarah and hagar and abram hmm bible got some good stories so he talks about surrendering your sexuality we all know that this part was coming and that's a lot of people problem but because we want to be so dedicated to our flesh desires we just cannot get with um that part of the program okay um we live in a time now where sex is very casual sex is as casual as saying hello or shaking somebody's hands like people have sex quick real quick like so quick like it's crazy you saw god made us to enjoy sex if we do it in the right context sex is intended for conventional marriage uh for covenant 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 marriage not for playing around we have turned sex into such a recreational thing um it is a beautiful thing it's a wonderful intimacy and i have not even had the chance yet to experience that um in marriage you know what i'm saying so i cannot wait to experience it um if that's an experience opportunity that i'm gonna have I, I can't wait to experience it that way because that's how it was meant to be experienced um but you know we all have our transgressions transgression is crossing the line trespassing where god has said you shouldn't be um you know breaking the commandment against adultery iniquity is a sinful desire in the heart um it's being lustful you know um like I said, we don't even take the time to get to know people. So when we have these transgressions and we have these iniquities, you know, in these relationships, you know, we already decided then that we didn't want this to be more than than a physical thing. We make that decision as soon as we decide to have these transgressions, uh, have these iniquities. Like we, we make that decision at that point because we're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And you you do what you want to do, and then you you're upset when you find yourself in these spaces because you don't even know this person. Y'all don't even be knowing everything about everybody. And I know it takes years to know everything about everybody, but y'all still don't be knowing enough. 
And just because you knew somebody when you was 14 don't mean that you know them when you're 25 because they are different. They have experienced some things. Um, Sexual freedom is actually slavery to sex. If you believe in sexual liberation in the sense of sexual liberation means that you are free to explore your sexuality and do whatever you want to do sexually outside of monogamous covenant uh, relationship, but then you're actually making yourself a slave to your sexual desire, to your transgressions, to your iniquity, you know, to you're bonded by that. And that is going to definitely hurt you in the long run. Like a lot of stuff that is being said, it's not that it's not true. It's just that you don't like it. You know, it's just that um, you don't like it. There's no separating the sexual and the spiritual. No, you know, sex is a form of worship. It's how you worship your marriage. You go to church and you do praise music. That's how you give worship, you know, whatever. Um, That's how you set the tone for your heart. You go to church and you listen to scripture. You know, that's how you you worship, um, you know, God's word by learning it and by implementing it and seeing where it's applicable. You know, you go and um, to different things and you serve, you know, with people. That's you doing your worship through the act of fellowship, um, communicating with different people and doing good things and serving and everything. So when you are um, in a relationship and you're married and it's a covenant relationship and you having sex, that is your intimate worship that's you honoring uh someone in the most you know vulnerable place um does your sexuality own you or does god own you um are you ruled by sex a lot of people are there was a time where i was and it was very scary you know in hindsight to think about how much it controlled me to the point that um i wanted a relationship but it was able, you know, I got into a situation where I thought I was in a relationship, uh, but it really wasn't. It was just reduced to that. And when I realized that, I felt horrible. Um, so, you, ha- you know, you have to surrender unconditionally um, so you won't be sorry. And these are all these points that he goes through in this book. But I think you guys should read it. I think it definitely gives you g- great information. Um you know, I think it just helps you to reset your boundaries. It, it talks about soul ties. I know someone who said that they they didn't believe that soul ties was real was real. But the soul is the soul is made up of three distinct parts, and he talks about this in his book. He said it's made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And your mind is how you think. Your will is what you desire, and your emotions display how you feel. If you think about it, the collaboration of these three entities directs your whole entire life what you decide to do what you will yourself to do and what you emotionally act on and he's right he is right he is so right um he is so right you know definitely right um you know when you when you lay down with somebody you form a knot um because you you bind together so you know sex binds you with someone and it says um you know it's just it's a lot you know i ain't even gonna get into it because y'all can get into it when y'all get into this book and y'all read the chapter all tied up when he talks about you know soul ties and um you know one thing that he says is you know he says, do you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with 
you know, somebody who you're not supposed to be with, you know, somebody who you're not tied to through God. Um, it says never. Do you not know that he, he who unites himself with um, someone um, that the two will become flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So when you don't go before God and unite yourself with a person, whenever you have sex, like it's, it's a form of uniting yourself. Um, it's an entanglement. Okay. <laughs> so be careful, be careful. Y'all Jada ran me love with that entanglement thing. Um, and you know, and he talks about how we have condoms to protect ourselves from STDs, to protect ourselves from pregnancy, but we don't have a uh, condoms to protect our hearts. And you know, I've had so many conversations with women who swear that they can have, you know, just on um, untied sex who swear that they could just have sex for the feeling and that it doesn't mean anything to them. But I'm looking at them and I see how heavy they are and I see how it has adversely affected them. And I'm like, no, like you're not, you're telling a lie. You're telling a lie, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that conversation anyway. But I say that to say, um, I, I did enjoy this book. Like I said, um, it just reminded me of a lot of things. And I think it's very important that we are well read and that we read all types of things. Like we read self-help, we read fiction, we read nonfiction, we read, um, you know, um, autobiographies, we read biographies, we read poetry, we read a collection of essays. I think it's very important that we just read all these different things because when we read these things, they educate us and they bring us an awareness. And that's why I have such a huge love for literacy because of what it do, um, what it does and how it repairs us. Like it repairs us because once we arm ourselves with the knowledge, we can make, you know, better and more informed decisions. And that's in, that's in anything. And so I'm going to end with, um, these, four things that he says and I was like you know what I'm definitely going to implement these things in my life you know like I said there's so many things in this book that are um that's very you know applicable um and that are not only going to you know provide change for you when it comes to companionship but just in all relationships so one thing he says he says call it He says, the first thing you have to do is to call it. I mean, call it what it is. Don't romanticize and act like it was the best thing that ever happened to you. It's been robbing you. You need to call it what it is. It is a thief. Thieves are not friends. He was like, confess it. Then you need to confess it. God can't heal what you won't reveal. Cancel it. The next step is to cancel it. When the television network realizes it has a bad sitcom on its hands, it cancels the show and remove all the signs that it ever existed. And he said, and then you need to cast it. After you call it, confess it, and cancel it, you need to cast it. This is not the time to be ashamed, downtrodden, or despairing, nor is it time to act like nothing happened or that it doesn't hurt. This is the time when you throw that weight that you can't carry onto the one who can. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That is 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Um, you know what? That that this was a great book to start over um, and talk about. I'm so glad that we started season two with talking about um, relationship goals by Michael Todd. Like I said, you can definitely go on 
to YouTube and find the sermon series that he did with this because it, it was amazing. It was really great. And, you know, it's just how to win a dating, marriage, and sex. But these are also very applicable things to life. So thank you for tuning into The Lit House. We will see you next Wednesday. Today we discuss Michael Todd's relationship goals. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can also buy the study guide, which is also very good and which digs even deeper. I'm actually working through the study guide now. And I wish you all the best. And I will see you next week. Don't um, forget to make sure that you follow me on the T-H-E-E Lit House on Instagram. And you can also subscribe and rate this podcast. Thank you. You guys be beautiful. You guys be brave. And you guys uh, go out here and, you know, get it. Thank you.